0: This episode of Locked On Lightning, we're talking about the Lightning falling in the first round against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We talk about that. We break it down and more. But first, let's play that music. You're Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I would like to thank all of you for making us your first listen of today. On today's episode of Locked on Lightning, we're talking about the loss on Saturday night that unfortunately ended the Lightning's season. And wow, you know, I just like to start off the show by saying this is a very strange episode for us here at Locked on Lightning, because if if you've been listening for really the entirety since this show has been on, you, you know full well, I mean, in the four seasons in which we have been on air, we've had two Stanley Cup championships, three Stanley Cup finals. And then this is the first year that we are not talking about the Lightning making another run. So a little bit of a weird year, not only for this show, but weird for Lightning fans in general. And you kind of figured, you know, and, and it was a valiant effort by the Tampa Bay Lightning to to come back, win game five in the way they did. And they put up a fight in this game. They put up a very good fight in, in game six. And, and I just feel, and, and maybe I'm a little bit too negative for this, but I feel like even going, my mindset going into game six, I just felt like this has just been – and I hate to hammer home again and again what has been the issue for this Lightning team, but I think if we have to break down the season, which we will obviously break down the season in the next couple of of weeks uh, and then get into player grades, but when you look at really what this Lightning season has been – you know, even if if you had to break down or, or summarize every single loss uh, this season, uh, the best way to describe it is a little too late. Uh, for the most part, you know, maybe other than a handful of lightning losses this season, every game has pretty much been – every loss has pretty much been um, close. And really when you break it down, and especially this series – The Lightning were just a little too late in getting back into the swing of things, and and yeah, you might say, well, you know, if they win Game Three and Four, well, the Lightning are actually the team that is possibly on the verge of moving on, but they're not. And there was a lot of reasons as to why they didn't win this series. It wasn't just the fact that they did not play well in the latter stages of Three and Four. It it was just really a, a. a big collection of just things not going their way. And on the other side of that, I don't want to take away that. And, and as you know, I don't want to say that things weren't going their way. And also, you know, also bringing the, the refereeing because yeah, at certain times that was a big deal, but I also feel like that takes away from how well the Toronto Maple Leafs played. And let's make no mistake you know as an, as insufferable as some of the the leaf fans have been in the last couple of days just talking all this crap about their team winning the of a, a round in the Stanley Cup playoffs where the lightning have in the last since 2015 have not been in the Eastern Conference final only 3 times so you know if there's ever a leaf fan that wants to talk crap about losing to them in the first round just bring up that fact um <laughs> um it, the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and, you know, when you look at this game, you have to say that – or look at this series, actually. You have to admire the way they played. Uh, so much attention was on them. So much – you know, this was one of the series, I think the few series, in the last four seasons in which really the attention wasn't on the Lightning. And that's something that you don't see very often. I think – a, a all the eyes in the hockey world were on the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, everybody was asking the question, are they going to win? Are they going to blow it again? Are, you know, and you even had in, in some of the the comments, if you want to look at that, if you want to look at the comments from the last couple of YouTube videos, a lot of Maple Leaf fans saying even when they were up 3-1 that they were going to blow this series. So, And I'm sure at certain times, not very often, because I thought this, for the most part, the Leafs played with a ton of confidence in this series. But um, I'm sure that there were some instances where doubt crept in themselves. But at the end of the day, as we all know, the Leafs won. The Lightning are going home. And so a ton of credit. You know, a tip of the cap to the Maple Leafs. Uh, Very good hockey team. Almost, you know... I would have been surprised, honestly. I would have been very surprised if if we were talking about going into, you know, as much going into tonight's game, talking about game seven, or or going into tonight, talking about a potential game seven. You know, as confident as I was in the lightning potentially coming back and at least forcing a game seven, I was not too confident in the fact that the Leafs were gonna blow it again. You know, it takes two to tango. It takes two, to 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 have an outcome in, in a in a sporting event, and that's kind of also how everyone should look at Game Six. Because if you look at Game Six, the Lightning played well. You know, these two teams were even in the first period. Not a lot of room was being given to each. There were some. There was a lot of opportunities though for each to to go out and try and do things and and get ahead of the other. Uh, the Lightning played very well. They played very disciplined in that first period. They outshot the Maple Leafs 10-7. to 7. There's really not much more you could ask for. And then in that second period, the Leafs come out with a goal uh, by Austin Matthews, who, since he scored those two goals in Game 4, has really been playing well. Um, I was very curious uh, in this series. I didn't want to mention it because it's one of those things. You don't want to speak it into existence. But you kind of had to figure or kind of wonder at least when we were going to see some sort of performance, some sort of domination from, from Austin Matthews, him being the reigning MVP award winner. Uh, a guy that talented, you, keep, you can't keep him quiet for too long. Um, and, and you saw it. He, he had five goals in this series. And he deserved every single one of them. And he was doing pretty much whatever he wanted down low in front of Vasilevsky and really the lightning did not have an answer for him so that's part of it um and but for the most part i thought the lightning other than that goal played very well um in that second period uh they they equaled uh the the maple leafs and shots both teams had 10 shots in that second period and and yeah that goes back to my earlier point you know for as well as the lightning played well in this game the the maple leafs didn't waver And that shows you where, you know, maybe they are getting to that point to where they could be a potential Stanley cup championship caliber team. But on the other side, like I said, it's, it's just one series. Um, so, you know, the lightning do end up getting a goal, uh, four minutes into the third period, as we all know, Steven Stamkos, I honestly would have rather have seen a goal, um, a lightning goal at the end of that second period. I feel like that allows your team to kind of get a little bit more energy, um, and and not to say that the Lightning weren't playing with any energy. I thought that you know, as as even as this game was, uh, I thought that the Lightning had a lot of lot more offensive opportunities uh, throughout the course of the game and even in overtime. Uh, We saw a lot of times where the Lightning were pretty much dominating the puck possession. You saw it in the face-off circle, 58% for the Lightning on the night, 32 shots on goal uh, for the Lightning as well. And, yeah, it's just one of those nights where, other than scoring more goals, you couldn't have really asked more out of this team. Um, At the end of the day, if I had to fault them for something, it was just not taking advantage of some of the opportunities that were given to them. And unfortunately, you know, at the same time, as much as I want to emphasize on that, I don't want to take away from the fantastic performance that was on display for Ilya Samsonov for the the Leafs. And really that's what won them this game. You know, he did a very good job, a goaltender who I think a lot of us, whether you're a Leafs fan, whether you're a Lightning fan, you look at what Samsonov did in this in this series. I mean, a lot was asked of him. A lot was put on his shoulders. You know, if you thought that the Leafs skaters had a ton of of, of pressure put on them in this series, if you look at Samsonov and the role that he is in and and the task that he was uh, given in stopping one of the best teams in the last five years. Uh, and propelling uh, a Maple Leafs team who hasn't advanced past the first round in the last 19 years, um, that's that's huge. And I have to say, you know, it wasn't spectacular goals galore for him uh, throughout this series and especially in game six, but it doesn't always have to be spectacular highlight real goals, goaltending, and that's what he did. He just went out there and he made the saves that he he could make. That any other goaltender can make. Uh, there was some times where he made a little bit of flashy or or sprawling saves. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there was one sprawling save early on where I really thought it was going in. But that also goes back to opportunities for the lightning, missed op- opportunities. Uh, not being able, they it almost seemed as though as if <clears throat> throughout the course of this game, the lightning weren't able to lift anything, get anything elevated on Samsonov. Uh, And in this day and age when goaltenders are so good down on their knees, I mean, there's not much you could do um, with that. So, you know, a a very good game, though, all around. Um, I do have some stuff that we can talk about in the second segment, things that bother me out the course of the series. I'm sure you all know what it is, and that is obviously the refereeing. We'll get into that in in just a little bit. But first, I want to talk about our friends at Athletic Greens. Now, if you haven't heard about Athletic Greens, listen, you better hear, Better listen up. Summer is right around the corner. Now, if you're not into working out but want to eat healthy or have take some sort of healthy supplements, guess what? Athletic Greens is for you. I, I got a ton of weddings come up, and the only way I'm going to be able to fit in some of these tuxedos is if I get on train of eating healthy and that's why i'm taking athletic greens and you know what i love about athletic greens it costs you less than three dollars a day and you're investing in your health uh so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So once again, thank you all. Thank you all as you've continuously done and will continue to do is making Locked on Lightning your first listen of the day. And if you haven't already done so, please go ahead. Like and subscribe to the show on our YouTube channel. Drop a comment underneath this video. Uh, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel, please. We just hit 600. Let's see if we can hit 700 the next couple of weeks uh, as we build our way towards 1,000 subscriptions. And and if we do, if we hit that 1,000 thousand subscriber mark, I'll be raffling off a Vincent LeCavier signs puck uh, to a random listener. But you have to be subscribed. So if you are subscribed to the show, I will raffle it off to one lucky listener. So yeah, I I mean, we, we just concluded a a very strange ending. And what I mean by strange is that the Tampa Bay lightning are not going to be advancing past the first round of the playoffs. And I, and we'll talk about this as the summer goes on and the off season progresses, but I think in the end, I think when we look towards next season and this team retools just a little bit, tweaks things all around, you know, the core guys will still be here next season. Um, but I think on the lower lines and pairings, we might see some tweaks and changes uh, going into next season. I think this is a much-needed break for this Lightning team, even though it's disappointing that – Uh, they will not be playing for another chance of at a Stanley cup championship. Like I said, very much need a break. A team that has played the most playoff games by far by any NHL franchise in the last three, four years. Um, so you know what, they got miles that they need to get off their feet from and just relax. Uh, this team will definitely be back in the next couple of years. Uh, definitely be back next year, hundred percent contending for, a. uh, a cup i i don't think that the rebuild um the rebuild light will be on anytime soon though like i said it's more so of a retooling and don't let anybody tell you that the dynasty is over i don't look at the lightning as a dynasty right now because it's just it's happening before our eyes you know once maybe they go into some sort of regression in the next you know in in maybe like in three, four, five years. I would say five years probably. Um, maybe we could start talking about looking back at this as a dynasty, but I don't think the book has ended or or the chapter has ended on this team's uh, success, so keep an eye out for that. But uh, as we look back on this series uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, a series in which, like I said, the lightning <clears> – <throat> Didn't really exactly get off to a good start. And it's it's one of those things where it's a learning experience for this team. It's a learning experience for John Cooper. It's a learning experience for the front office. Um, like I said, it's it's a good time to kind of retool, look at what you got, uh, start kind of looking forward on on what might need to be changed over this summer. Um, But when you look at this series, you know, as as much as it's you look back on some of the positives, we saw this team fight um, down 3-1, come back, win game five, played very well in game six. Like I said, the only thing that they did not do right, in my opinion, in that game was take advantage of the scoring chances because they did dominate um, the puck possession, in my opinion, in this game. Uh, it, it, it was just it came down to just missed opportunities and uh, not being able to 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 lift the puck in certain situations. Uh, granted, they they ran into a very good performance by Ilya Samsonov, but the one thing looking back on this series that has really left a bad taste in my mouth. And and for for those Leaf fans that might be listening or watching to this, watching this, this is by no means a an excuse. For losing, so don't don't even start with the nonsense or on social media or on YouTube or wherever. Um, but I think we could agree on both sides, whether you're a Lightning fan or a Leafs fan, or if you were a fan of any other team around the NHL that has been in the playoffs thus far, because this isn't just secluded to the Leafs Lightning series. It's the refereeing. The refereeing has been absolutely atrocious, and and I, I'm very curious. If if we're going to see any change or – because we're definitely not going to get a statement. I spoke about this with Gil Martin on the Lockdown NHL show uh, earlier today. We're not going to see any sort of statement from the NHL, at least during the playoffs, acknowledging that the refereeing or the officiating has been brutal. Um, I'm not saying that there was any call that could have potentially swung a game, maybe game four. Uh, the point goal, I I think the Lightning win that game. You know, granted, they were still in the lead and they really still should have been able to hold on to that game. Uh, But, like, again, very good Maple Leafs team. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to take away from the performance that the Leafs had against the Lightning. Um, But having said that, I I think that making it, I believe that would have made it 4-2 at that point. Instead of three-two, I think that changes the game just a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I I I firmly believe that 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 changes things uh, for the Leafs and for the Lightning. You you start to see the Leafs panic a little bit more, or you know we saw it in game, uh, I believe it was game five, or even game one, um, once the the Leafs fell behind two goal lead you kind of start start to saw them like shut down just a little bit um not saying they did but you start to see the game drastically uh fall in favor for the lightning in terms of you know this kind of being going from a close one to sort of a foregone conclusion um so who knows but at the same time and i'm obviously only going to mention you know there was a lot of missed calls that should have been called against the lightning a hundred percent there was a lot of calls that were called in favor for the Lightning that, that hurt the, the Leafs or put the Leafs on the power play uh, in this series, but at the same time didn't hurt them. So, you know, it was both sides. It wasn't just one side. But the one call that, looking back at it now, is the really the, 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 the Brandon Hagel no-missed high-sticking at the end of the third period of Game 6. I firmly believe that really that could have very well changed things uh, for the lightning in you know, they they had a lot of momentum at that point in time. Um, I just feel as though that, you know, at the I, I don't know, it, who is to say what could have very well have happened um, going into overtime if the lightning do get a two minute penalty uh for the high sticking who is to say really i i mean but the thing is you know it's one of those things where i'm f- i will totally be fine and say listen that's the game of hockey that's the that's the human era that we always talk about when we have officials in any type of sporting event uh when it comes down to you know missing a call from the other side of the ice or or missing a call that is several feet away but my issue rests My issue rests and, and the same thing could have been said possibly for, uh, the Maroon hit on Giordano a couple of games prior. Ref was right there. Um, you know, if I'm a Leafs fan, maybe I look at that hit, obviously a different way. Who knows? Um, but to me, obviously a Lightning fan, I thought it was a clean hit. I look at them hate, but I think we could all agree on that that high sticking. I don't remember who the Leafs player was, but the high sticking with Hagel at the end of the third, the refers right there. And I don't understand. I, I don't get it. The amount of calls or actually missed calls that have been in this series on for both sides uh, where the ref is two feet away is unbelievable. And, and I really think that the the league as a whole needs to look at this and retool and figure things out and train these guys better because i i think i spoke about it in game four if i'm not mistaken where you know the 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 missed call you know why even review it it's it's absolutely on that on that on that goal with point because it would have been one thing if it was missed and that was the end of it but the fact that it happened literally the other the next night in another series and it was called the reverse way Gives me the impression, and I think a lot of hockey fans, because I'm sure there's more instances across the NHL playoffs where it's been so inconsistent, it it almost feels as though the refs are making this up as they go along. So I I don't know. I I just feel like it. That is the one thing for me, and I'm sure for a lot of Lightning fans. When we look back on this series, you know, as, as well as the Leafs played especially looking back at game 6 especially game 6 you know if the lightning get that call and they get the 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 2 minute minor heading into game, into overtime could it swing things in favor of the lightning and now we're here talking about a game 7 on monday we'll never know so wrapping things up on the show, uh, I just want to say thank you for making us our first listen of the day. Uh, just because the lightning season is over doesn't mean we are over. We'll still be doing five uh, five episodes a day until I believe mid July. Um, so make sure to stay tuned in for that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on our social media pages at lo underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. And from the bottom of my heart, I and I, I truly, truly mean this to, to all of you, whether you're a Lightning fan or you're a Leafs fan. I want to thank all of you for your support, your enthusiasm, the energy that you bring to me, the host, uh, whether it be on social media, whether you're messaging me on in my DMs on Twitter. And if you ever, those of you who haven't, if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, DM me about the Lightning, whether it's just to be talking back and forth, conversing about the Lightning, or whether it be you know a question that you want to have answered on the on the show or whatever, go ahead. You could message me. I'm on Twitter at dank d e n k y d eight n k. I love hearing from all of you or tweet to me. Um, I always respond to probably like 99 percent of the tweets, um, so definitely go ahead and do that. So yeah, in the coming weeks, we'll be talking more about the lightning season. Um, do we view this as a failure Do we'll look back on the season. Um, you know, what if things were different? We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about the trade deadline. We'll talk about everything. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll decompress the season as well as this playoff run. Uh, and, and also, you know, see, you know, what is there to come? What do we expect this summer from this front office, whether it be in the draft, Lightning don't really have a lot of draft picks, so they're going to have to get a little bit more creative uh, with their personnel moves. Uh, and there's nobody waiting in Syracuse, really, that is that is ready to break out. Uh, there's really, you know, I think Nick Perbix was a little bit of an anomaly. Um, I, I think that nobody knew that they were going to get this kind of performance from him. Uh, I think that, <clears throat> you know, we'll also talk about the performances of some of the guys that we didn't expect to play well and how that may shift things around for the lightning. The the rise of Mike Yesimon, I think I I had such high hopes for him coming into this playoff series. And I think for a lightning fan, a lot of lightning fans uh had as well from from the little limited sample size we saw from him uh this regular season when he was brought in. And boy, he did not disappoint. I thought he was one of the better players on this team uh throughout this entire series when he did play. On the other side of that, Tanner Geno was very disappointing. I know he was afflicted with injury. Um, where do we expect him to be on this team next year? Uh, as well as, like I said on the Locked On NHL segment this morning with Gil Martin, um, is this the end of that grinder line with Perry, Belmar, and Maroon? We talk about that. You know, are we going to see more? Uh, are we? Who are we going to see be brought in to replace those guys? Um, as well as the defensive core, you know. There's a, there's a lot of question marks on this team. As good as this Lightning team is, you know, this is going to be a very interesting offseason. I spoke about it, I believe. I don't know if it was on air or, or off air to Gil Martin. I said, listen, at the end of the day for this Lightning team, especially Julian Bruce Boss, this is going to be the most important offseason he has yet to have as GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is because, let's face it, and this is no disrespect to him, when you look at this lightning team, especially the core players, this is still Steve Yeiserman's team. This has his fingerprints all over it. And this is this is Julian Brees Boss's year, we really his summer to start putting his paw prints all over this team. Because when you look at it, like I said, a lot of the moves, and I said this to Gil Martin, and once again, no disrespect. When you look at the moves, for the most part, in the long term, over the last couple of seasons, players that he's brought in, um, when, when you look at uh, Barkley Goodrow, Blake Coleman, um, when you look at some of those guys, uh, and Nick Paul, in the, well, Nick Paul is a long-term addition, but mostly Barkley Goodrow, Blake Coleman. Uh, those were band-aids because they didn't stick around for very long. They stuck around for two seasons, and that was pretty much it. Um, Ian Cole, um, you know, the, there's there's other there's there's a lot of question marks and and a lot of spots that need to be f- that need to be filled. Uh, a lot of band-aids that have been brought in that are no longer or could potentially be not not in Tampa coming next season. So a lot of question marks for, for Julian Bruce boss to answer. And I'm very curious. I think everybody should be very curious to see what he does uh during free agency, because that's really when the lightning are going to have to get creative because they don't, they won't have a lot of money to play with. They don't have any assets. So they, they're we're not going to maybe see any big splashes at the draft. Uh And, and, like I said, not a lot of money. So who do you bring in during free agency that is going to be able to help you right away? That is going to be a quality player. We're, you know we're we're talking about pieces that could slide in potentially on the fourth line. Uh, you know, here you might not have Alex Cora next season, depending on how negotiations go with him and and the Lightning organization. Now you're talking about possibly having to bring someone in to be your third liner. So, or or sliding someone up like a Ross Colton up to the second line or to the third line. Um, a lot of like I said, a lot of question marks is Mikey Essamon? Uh, is he ready for the third line in the limited amount of time that uh and, and the limited amount of performance that he has shown the Lightning? Is he ready? So, we'll be talking about that all summer. Like I said, until probably about mid July, we'll be talking about um, we'll be coming to you five days a week. We'll be we'll be doing player grades. We'll be doing draft uh, draft readiness. We'll be talking about uh, some of the talent up in Syracuse this summer. Uh, is there anybody waiting the r- wings that we're we may not possibly know about? Uh, is there another Nick Pervix? I don't think so, but we'll discuss it anyway. And you can find that all here on Locked On Lightning. So in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked On Lightning, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker.